Can I say won't give it up? Laura Barons, welcome uh, to the podcast. Hi. I'm glad that we were able to finally find a time to do I this. I'm so sorry. <laughs> no, no. I got COVID. That was fun, but And you're very busy. You work what, five nights a week or more than that? And more, man, lately. Oh yeah. my God. <laughs> How do you do it? I don't even know. Like, <laughs> is there a real I wish I knew. Um I don't do anything else. I don't yeah. know. I like hang out with my dog all day so my voice can hold up. Right. But um and I just like am looking forward to this summer when I'm not gonna be in town actually. I'm just gonna Really, what's the plan? I'm gonna be in Nashville. Oh my be doing some hopefully some recording stuff and uh Daniel's gonna go out as well. Cool. We're gonna do hopefully some duo gigs, but nothing crazy. And I'm gonna make you know, I'm trying to work really hard so I have enough money so I can yeah. just kinda hang out. <laughs> yeah. Good for you. Yeah. And how long are you gonna be there? Um, I think we're just gonna be there for like three or I'm gonna be there for three months. I don't know about Damn, time. three months. Three months, yeah. Yeah, I'm taking I'm trying to find like a subletting situation. Yeah. You know you have to wait a long time to get those. Yeah. It's really frustrating. I yeah. would love to just like book something now. Right, but, right, right. But yeah, I'm looking for like a roommate. And hopefully some musicians, you know, wow. hang out with my dog. In, Good for you. Going to drive out. Yeah, drive yeah. out. Yeah. Drive Three out. months in Nashville. Sounds like, sounds like it's going to be a cool summer. Right. So you're just socking away the, 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 the bread. As best I can. As best you can. Yeah. Mm. Just looking forward. Yeah. To the break. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, I definitely want to wrap more about um, what's happening now with you, but I also like to hear about mm, you know your early musical uh, influences maybe there's a a band or a record that you remember that was inspiring kind of coming up or music yeah. particularly music that was played in the house growing up that, that kind of got you fired up about music so let's go back and hold on okay you grew up here you're a native yep okay raised nice that's not common yeah. Right. I'm a unicorn. Yeah. Yeah. So tell me about growing up in Phoenix and the kind of early musical memories. Sure. Um, so I grew up like East, East Scottsdale. Mm. Um, very, there was like no, there were no houses around our house mm. really. So I was just kind of like a little desert rat. I was just mm -hmm. constantly like singing songs to myself in the desert, <laughs> like roaming around, you know being like hey there's some snakes and some coyotes and you know <laughs> it was a weird <laughs> it was a weird experience but yeah. um um a lot of alone time i guess um are you an though, only child no um i am one of five. Oh shit but i'm the i'm the youngest nice. so i don't know there was like and there's like a kind of significant gap like four years in between me and my brother mm -hmm. and then it's three boys mm. so they like spent a lot of time i'd say together i'm also like the only musically I wouldn't say inclined. Some of them are good at music stuff, but I'm the one that really stuck to music stuff. Yeah. Um, my mom taught me how to harmonize when I was like, could barely talk, you know? So she, she was a singer? Yeah, a she, singer. she like big Catholic family. She like sang in church and yeah. would harmonize with her sisters. Yeah. So she taught me how to do that. And then I just loved it so much and I would harmonize to everything. And the music that was on for the most part, my parents were into like, kind of like, 60s, 70s soft rock. So like Joni Mitchell was a big, big one. Crosby, Stills, and Nash. Mm -hmm. um, 
Joni Mitchell is huge for me. Just like she has so much control mm-hmm. over her voice, mm-hmm. but like still and has this like amazing sense of improvisation that mm-hmm. she just like throws in. Oh, I love her so much. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so I listen to her a lot and would try to harmonize to her like insane vocal right, riff right. choices. Right. So that was big for me. And then I started doing being classically trained mm-hmm. when I was like 11. Yeah. So taking, taking, um, like voice lessons, mm-hmm. voice private, lessons, like a private situation. Yeah. Mm-hmm. With, from like this awesome opera singer, um, Anita, she, used to like sing opera in New York and stuff. She was awesome. She was super old at the time. (laughs) She became like a third grandma for me. Um, But she was so good. And yeah, so she made me sing classically, Uh even though I was like, I just want to do, I just want to write my songs and do like pop folk music. That's all I want. And so her daughter, who spent a lot of time in Nashville and wrote songs in Nashville, was kind of like my writing, my songwriting mentor. Hmm. So I do like half lessons doing that, half like learning classical songs yeah. art songs you know arias did you do the like the school band thing did you was it singing or did you pick up an instrument i did um i played i played piano <laughs> but i was just so uninterested uh, like all i wanted to do was sing yeah. all i wanted was enough skill at piano to be able to write songs mm. like that was my really my focus so i did piano lessons on and off but i just like hated it yeah but voice voice was like the only thing voice was the only thing i stuck to in general <laughs> like <laughs> in and out of sports like right kind of consistent with volleyball and stuff but like i just wanted to sing yeah basically so i wish i regret that <laughs> that, that what i wish i had stuck with piano a little mm. more than i did but mm. it's cool i play for well, a living yeah. now well i was just gonna say you you that's like kind of you do a lot of solo solo work, kind of just piano and vocal, right? Yeah, yeah. Doing that a lot more these days. Yeah. I mean, I kind of started to out of necessity. After mm-hmm. COVID, every gig was just like all duos and trios were like all now solos. Right. And I was like, well, time to dust off, this dust piano off the piano. And I've been, you know, I've been so lucky because I had Daniel yeah. constantly to just play for me whenever. Right, right. Um, which was, I mean, definitely a blessing more than anything, but also... Yeah. Got a little rusty. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I also saw that you went to Xavier. I did, yeah. Were you able, like, what's the music program there like? You know, I wish it were better. Um, <laughs> it was, <laughs> I don't know what the deal is now, but um, I was a section leader in choir. Like, they just kept cutting stuff. They mm. kept, like, they ended up, we had a really good choir, and they ended up cutting they just only cared about sports, basically. Hmm. They just like started, they cut auditions for the honor choir. So everybody would just do it so they could get an honors credit. So yeah. kind of like diminish the quality. Um, and we would all try to like start clubs. And I would think I was a part of this little like lunchtime, sing your songs at lunchtime club. <laughs> um, but I was lucky. I Brophy really like cares about the arts. And I took a AP music theory over there okay so that was nice and then i met a lot of musicians over there but i mostly was like in high school just kind of like found the arts kids mm-hmm. was like sitting in a practice room eating lunch like mm-hmm. <laughs> and uh spent a lot of time with them kind of cultivating our music stuff outside of school 
did you do did you have like a like a band in high school that that would perform or no my best friend was just like so creative her name's meg um she's i think she's in a band we don't we don't talk so much now but i think she's in a band in philadelphia and so we would kind of do duo stuff and we would write together and you know we got she had this looper pedal and that was like the most exciting thing ever yeah. once once she we started to get into like gear a little bit that was cool and we would just busk at first friday that's Downtown. how I, yeah, yeah. Nice. yeah, just like a little brace face, Laura Buskin. <laughs> it's funny to me now. Um, what, what year was this? What, what, or the time frame? This was probably like, oh man, 2012, 2011. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I remember, um, I moved downtown in 2003 and I just remember first Fridays. I mean, this is like very early on, I think in whatever it has become now this it was like a bunch of kids running around with beers in their backpacks and i was one of those kids <laughs> and uh, yeah just running around to the galleries it was like it was just a free-for-all and i do remember music um people would be you know bands on on the sidewalk at, at uh carly's yeah and that sort of thing but yeah first friday was definitely a, a scene it was a it was a hang i don't know if i was really down there in the early 2010s but um it was certainly a big uh, a big event like you 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 wanted to have the night off you wanted to kind of like clear your schedule and go fuck off downtown yeah like that was a thing yeah, yeah. no that was definitely a thing that's how we met because like we weren't in any scene we were mm. also like kids i don't know right. um that's the only way we met a couple people that got gave us like our first coffee shop gigs you know uh -huh. and, um a friend of mine stefan in Stefan Pruitt, he's actually passed now, but he was like a big, I don't know, electronic music guy in town. And he went to my same vocal coach, but he saw me busking as well and was like, oh, you want to like, do you want a gig? And he gave me my first Crescent Ballroom Lounge gig. All right. So that was like when I was 16. Damn. Yeah. Like That's braces, good. absolutely shaking, terrified. <laughs> I love being in that room now because I'm like, man, it's where it all began. I loved it, but I, I was so scared. <laughs> yeah. 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 And then, um, what happens after Xavier? Did, did you do the ASU thing? No, I know you did the ASU thing. Yes. Cause that's, yeah, 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 yeah. All right. So hit me with that whole experience. Yeah. Um, I graduated and actually had planned on going to do, um, potentially like music and psychology in Seattle. Mm. I was going to go to Seattle university, but then like, money <laughs> you know there's a small thing little thing called just money. a little thing called like a bunch of money all of my money so um it made sense to you know i'm the last of five and um really all star cast of family members everybody almost everybody went out of state mm. and um you know my parents were like do we want to pay for right. this um so they kind of cut a deal they were like we'll help you live off campus nearby if you just like ASU. get a scholarship and go to ASU. Right. But I found out that ASU had like the number three music therapy program in the nation. Hmm. And I like saw the 60 minutes on Gabby Giffords getting um, shot and then music therapy, like helping her regain her speech. Hmm. I was like, this is awesome. Hmm. And it's right in my backyard right. and I can do the honors college. And like, you know, people think that that's respectable. I think, I don't know. Um, so went there met a bunch of music people, you know, yeah. everyone that 
is in my, you know, age range. That's how I met them. Um, you know, doing theory and whatnot with them. But how was the music program at ASU for you? It was, well, we were kind of like not central part of it. Like the music therapy kids Mm. Mm. were doing their own thing. Cause basically our degree is like half music, half psychology. Mm. Um, so we were, I was in all kinds of different buildings. I would hang out in the music building. Honestly, the most like consistent music thing for me at ASU was acapella, which mm-hmm. was funny because it had like nothing to do with being in the music school. Yeah, that's what Dan was saying. It, it was yeah. kind of open, right? You didn't have to be a music student to be a part of these acapella groups. Yeah, yeah. Right. So a lot of people like hobbyist music right. people or people that would have loved to do music, but were getting pressure from outside. Right. You know, Yeah. didn't end up doing a music major, would do acapella. And it was the best thing for me. Mm-hmm. It was so, it's like, I'm so happy I did that. It changed my life for sure. Um, Meeting Daniel, hearing him play keys when I was like, you know, 18. I was like, damn, (laughs) this guy's really good. Um, And making really good friends that are like both in the Honors College and acapella. That was really cool. I was music director of my group at one point. Um, I really loved it. I loved it a lot, but I wanted to do like instrumental music. I wanted, mm-hmm. I wanted instruments to be involved right. and start to do like band stuff. So we eventually gravitated that direction. What, and, and were your folks supportive of you kind of pursuing music as a, as a career or at least, you know, studying it? Yeah. Um, I'm really lucky. My parents were really supportive basically the whole time. I think they were really excited that I wanted to stick with something <laughs> just kind of like a scatterbrained individual. And they were like, Oh my God, yeah. This is a consistent love for her. Um, so yeah, they were really, they're really, they're still supportive. You know, do you think, um, I'm the youngest of, of three <gasps> young baby. boys. Yeah. And the brother above me is six years older than me. Yeah. So definitely the mistake, you know, <laughs> <laughs> but I think, <laughs> but I think part of the, um, the benefit of that is that by the time you kind of whatever d- make a decision about your life uh my folks were like this is like beyond our control like we've got we've done really well with the first two <laughs> we did pretty good with the first two let's just let Brian do whatever the fuck he wants <laughs> and i think that this i honestly think that there is some benefit there to a having a little bit of gap between your siblings but also being the youngest and, and by that point, parents are just like, whatever, dude, just find a thing and go do it. You oh, know? yeah. That is, that's totally true. I had all the freedom that right. none of my siblings right. got to have. You know, right. my sister's like a hardcore, successful molecular biologist. She was the oldest. Uh-huh. So she kind of like paved the way. Everyone else was like, uh-oh, we better like do well. And I always did well in school and stuff, but I like, they were like, yeah, dude, Laura, just like. Just don't, just please just, just kind of stay out of trouble. Right. Just kind of like you can get, I mean, they tried, they tried. I definitely was the troublemaker out of everybody, <laughs> but they were happy about the music thing. And I'm happy that <clears throat> at least now I've been successful enough mm-hmm. to like prove them right in that way. Right. Like they're like, yeah, you, you did it to right. some extent. I, I mean, I haven't like made anything, but you know what I mean? Yeah. Like yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm making um, a little career out of it. So you did, is it just like a bachelor's degree then? Like a, it was a four year bachelor's degree and musical therapy was the, was the major. Ultimately. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Just four year program ended up dropping the honors college. Cause like 
nobody cares. Right. <laughs> if you're hashtag nobody cares. Yeah, just <laughs> nobody in the music scene is going to be like, you dropped out of the honors college. Right. Right. Or like, you must be bad at music now. Or like, like you know, <laughs> send me your resume to get this gig. Like, no, yeah, no like, one is going <laughs> to, no one gives a shit. Exactly. At what point are, do you start to gig kind of professionally? So yeah, um, I think senior year of college, we started to gig a little bit. We started to do these kind of like just house shows around mm. ASU and um, we had this little band. I mean, basically sort of Palo Brea, but you know. An early couple, iteration. An early iteration yeah, yeah, of, yeah. of Palo Brea. Um, and so we would gig around a little bit and then I think just through that we ended up finding, you know, how it kind of snowballs if mm. people like what you're doing. So that was cool. And eventually a friend of mine recommended us for the Mastro's gig, mm. specifically me and Daniel. Um, so we started to do that mm. and that was huge for us. Like yeah. we were like, whoa, money from, well, <laughs> from music? Super this is amazing. consistent work. Consistent, yeah. You know, and did it go through the summer? Like, yeah. Yeah, so you're... 365 days a year. Jeez Louise. Yeah. That's like you're... That's not easy to do, even as a seasoned professional, yeah. to jump in and and do, I don't know, what is it, five nights a week that, that you would be there? It wasn't or? that much early on. I they kind you. of eased us into it, yeah. but, um, and they all knew we were in school still, stuff, so it was pretty good. Yeah. Um, that's what, like, where the real gig, that's when we were like, okay, this is going to be the job. Mm-hmm. I was trying to do music therapy as well. Um, once I graduated, I was, like, in my internship working at Mayo Clinic. Oh, no shit. Kind of all over the place. Um, but it was really hard. I basically was like torn into two people. Right. Um, I would like, you know, I, one day specifically, I had one of my favorite patients at Mayo. She's 27 and died wow. at, like kind of unexpectedly. Cool. And I had to like find that out. <laughs> and I was there with her family who was like grieving, hmm. who I'd gotten kind of close with. Um, in a professional sense. And then I had to immediately change from scrubs into my hmm. Mastro's, you know, my like nice dress mm-hmm. and then go and entertain people and do be happy. Right. And I was like, I cannot do both of these things. Right. I just can't do both. So I chose performing. How long did you do um, musical therapy stuff? Uh, not long. <laughs> I want to say six months. Okay. Yeah. But you gave it, a, I mean, you gave it a shot and, and, and tried it out. And I love it dearly. It's super yeah. rewarding and I'm sure I'll go back to it later on, but I think I just want to like try my hand at some performing stuff first. Yeah. Be able to, I'll find a way to be more consistent with it, but it was just like tearing me apart. <laughs> yeah. No, I bet. <laughs> yeah. I bet. You know who loves great music? My favorite real estate ladies. Come on, people. The Engstrom team. Becky, Kate, and Carrie. They helped me purchase my first home, and I'm so happy that I chose to work with them. They made the process very easy. This is the mother-daughter real estate team who has been selling in the Phoenix area for 25 years. We all know that the housing market is crazy right now. But if you're wondering if you should be purchasing over renting or remodeling over selling, they will give you honest advice on if this is the right time to buy or sell. Becky, Kate, and Carrie will talk you through the whole process. And there's no pressure. It's like talking to family. Contact the Engstrom team for honest and trustworthy service. This is the team 
that I refer my friends and family to. Call them, 480-250-1936. That's interesting that you, you know, you reference having to, to be an entertainer and having to be happy and, you know, um, is that how, how do I say this? That's something that I, that I struggle with, yeah. you know, um, because I feel like that is, it's its own, it's own, it's its own skill do, being able to be the entertainer, the, the, the lively front man thing. Mm-hmm. I'm much more comfortable just playing, you know, if I'm in an ensemble situation yeah. and I don't have to be captain banter or whatever, you know, yeah. um, how is that for you? Does that, does it come naturally to kind of do that? Uh, it, do, do you see it yeah. as like a separate skill or like how do, how do you, how do you kind of make sense of it? I think it's a separate <clears throat> skill. And uh, oddly enough, I would say like music therapy ended up kind of helping me cultivate some of that. Um, it's just like a very one-on-one, it's like a lot of personable, um, personability. Is that a word? Personal personability. I, well, if it isn't, it fucking I mean, it's should redundant be. and it is now. Um, <laughs> But so that was huge. But I think that kind of like softened me in an interesting way, music therapy. And then I think the gigging world kind of hardened me right. yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. because, you know, people come up if you're a young woman or a man. I mean, you know, no one um, hits on me. <laughs> Nobody does. I don't believe that. Nobody come does. on. No, I feel like drunk people, no matter what, are just going to, you know, sometimes give you a hard time. No one's checking me out. <laughs> No one's. That's not no only what I mean. Also, like women will come up and just like love on me too. It's just it was bizarre, you know, just hey, weird. Let it ride. <laughs> I don't know what that means. Just, I don't know what it means either. But yes, it felt right. It felt right in that moment. Um, so that just kind of hardened me to be right. able to be like no, <laughs> right. to to people. Um, create some boundaries. Create a little boundary. I'm not great with boundaries. Yeah, it was. Um, so. Did we get so off from what your question was? I think we we took a left turn at personal little... personal abilities. <laughs> oh, um, no. <laughs> well, no. no, I guess I guess no, I guess the 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 you know the question about is it hard for you to kind of turn on the entertainer thing, right? You know, and if and if so, how do you approach that? Because it's almost like a different mindset, right? Um, yeah, it totally depends on the gig. I think. Mm. Like I am in full, especially if I'm alone, I've learned after like doing all of these solo gigs post COVID world, um, I could turn it on a lot easier when I don't have people that know me so well, like watching me fake it, I guess. Uh Um, so I actually enjoy it. It's pretty fun. Like the fake it till you make it is like a real thing. Yeah. If I'm having a bad day, walk in and be like, we're going to entertain the fuck out of you today Nice. and it's going to make my day better. Yeah. Um, at the same time, when I'm doing like band stuff, it's, it doesn't come quite as naturally because mm. it's like I'm singing my own songs and my own lyrics, and it's a little bit more of of a of a personal um, artistry when you're doing your own shit versus you're in the corner or whatever playing at a steakhouse. Like uh, those are definitely two very different environments, cool. scenarios, definitely, and, and require their own personality yeah right? you know totally what I mean? yeah. totally very different personalities yeah. for either yeah and especially even the difference between like if our band is playing at like 
a restaurant gig or like, you know, Casimir's or something. Mm -hmm. It's like a little more low key Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. as opposed to like if we're playing at like Valley Bar. Right. Like Valley Bar with the lights and the stage. Right. (laughs) Any banter I would ever have goes out the window. Right. I try. It's embarrassing. (laughs) Connor, thank God gives me some relief by just going no matter what I say just to make me laugh so I like calm down right right um but yeah different different experiences yeah and I I I mean I just I I definitely resonate um with the whole um kind of steady um restaurant work because I I worked on a on a cruise ship oh did you you cruise ship guy yeah well I tried it for a summer how was it uh, I've heard Great and horrible things. Yeah, it, it, that's it, that's what it is. It's, yeah. it's parts of it are phenomenal and and parts of it are completely soul sapping. Um, but it was it's it's its own thing. It's its own skill and and that really helped me. Well, a get my cover song book together right yeah. before that experience. I maybe I had fifty cover songs. Oh, I bet you had like so many, and then hundreds. You yeah. know, when I got home off the thing, so. That was beneficial, um, and then, but also um, that work ethic. I think I, I played ninety consecutive nights on this oh ship. My God! Yeah. And you're asking me, how do you do it six days well, a week? Well, no, it's <laughs> like but ninety I mean, days. Well, it's a little, it's a little different. I mean, one of the advantages, or one thing that makes that get that gig easier, is that your commute. I think I had a three minute walk to the stage. Right? Yeah. I never, I never set up a PA. I literally just got my guitar out of my room, went down, plugged in, brought up the scene on the mixer and played, you know, so like logistically it's very easy. Right. And it was, uh, I played for maybe an hour. I'd take a break for an hour and then play another hour. So it wasn't like, you know, a a four hour hit. Yeah. Yeah. So there's like, logistically speaking, um, it's different than say a a five night a week at a, at a restaurant thing. Um, but it also got my banter game together, I think, yeah. you know, because you, you really need it. You can't hide, you know, like yeah. you are completely exposed to these people uh, for however long they're sitting in front of you. And you really have to, a lot of times, um, do as much as you can to engage them in a yeah. way, you know. Especially if it's the same, I mean, right. the same people each <clears throat> right, night. Right, Yeah. So it'd be Make either it a, a seven-day uh, cruise so or a two-week cruise. And some people did like a four-week cruise. So you'd, you'd have a rapport with these people. Yeah. But it was uh, no, it was it was a it was a beautiful and a and a horrible experience, kind of all <laughs> <laughs> wrapped up in one. And I think it it just it it made me thankful um, for work. But um, I think it 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 gave me a lot of perspective. Yeah. And that work is there if you need it, you can find it. But um, I'm always super impressed with people who can do that because that takes a ton of energy and willpower and skill um, night in and night out to keep these people entertained. I bet. And even, yeah, like I'm lucky that I don't have the same audience. There's some regulars, but Mm -hmm. um, at a restaurant where I play all the time, right? Right. But it takes a tremendous amount of energy, as you said, um, where like, so friends of mine that have normal jobs um, will say, your hours like that's mm. amazing and i'm like yes but it's like four or five hours of like total engagement mm-hmm. like every part of you is engaged right and it is freaking exhausting yeah. 
like even on your breaks, people are like, Oh, where are you from? What's going on? Let's talk about this. And, um, right. I wouldn't trade it. I love it. And I love having my hours in the day a little more free, but yeah, it really is a full-time job. Like, yeah, (laughs) it is. (laughs) Well, and you bring up a point it physically, it's exhausting to, to have to do that. Yeah. Like your whole, like, as you say, your whole body is engaged inside and out for whatever, four hours. Yeah. And dealing with ladies hitting on you. I mean, that's exhausting. That's exhausting. Must be exhausting. It's flattering. <laughs> it's not flattering when men hit on you, but ladies hitting on me. Yeah. Hell yeah. Thank you. You know what tastes delicious when, uh, when listening to this podcast is a, is a, is a frosty brew from Santan Brewing Company, or maybe you want to splash of some of their award-winning spirits. I want to tell you about Santan Gardens. It's their new event space, and they're putting together some really cool shows. It's located in Chandler at 495 East Warner Road. This is an indoor-outdoor venue. It's intended to be an entertainment oasis, and I see no reason to believe that that won't be the case. I want you to uh, put this on your calendar. April 30th. They do beer, bourbon, barbecue, and a band. And guess what? April 30th features dear friends of mine, Jay Allen, Tony King, Matt Henderson, JTM3, y'all. Tickets are only 10 bones. And you can get your tickets at santanbrewing.com forward slash events. What are we doing? Let's do this. So I wanted to share the story of the first time that I heard about Palabrea. Um, I was booking a, a venue downtown called the Churchill. <laughs> Do you know where this, this is going? I know where this is going. <laughs> oh no. All right. And I had, um, I had hired uh, house of stairs Yeah. and Holly hits me and says, Hey, um, I need to find a sub, but I have a sub for this date. Um, and I said, great, that's totally cool. Just send me, you know, some marketing materials. And she sent me like, whatever, I guess she had asked you to do the hit and she asked you for some marketing materials. And, and I don't know at what stage this was in your evolution as a band or whatever. I'm not even sure you had a record out at this point, or maybe you did. Maybe you had the EP or something. I don't, I don't know. I can't remember, but, but yeah. I just remember getting the marketing material and I was like, this isn't marketing material. <laughs> it was like a, like the pic, like the picture was from like a, it was like a screenshot of a, of a picture. I don't know. Oh my God. I just remember thinking, I was like, Holly, first of all, it's the Churchill. Like, come on. I, no one should care. Hashtag <laughs> nobody cares. Uh, but I was like, you know, trying to be a booking agent and yeah. trying to be serious about this. And I, and I remember giving Holly a hard time. I'm, and I'm thinking, looking back on this experience, I was kind of a dick. She gave me a hard time, man. Well, I was freaked out. Thank I was you. freaked out. And then, <laughs> <laughs> but then it turns out, you know, obviously I'm, I'm a fan of your music and, and everything was fine. Hashtag nobody cares. <laughs> but, um, I just, I just remembered that, that little anecdote that I wanted to, to share, Shout out to Holly Pyle because she introduced me uh, to Palabrea. I love her. Yeah. yeah. And um, she's anyway. amazing. I look up to her in a lot of ways. Um, yeah, she scared the shit out of me, man. 
um she was she called me i think or texted me and was like yo you need to like have professional stuff like this is important and i was like uh, and the thing was whatever the picture was i can't believe i would use that now right thinking about it now but i was so young at the time and I mean, maybe I wasn't that young. I, I honestly can't remember when it was. But um, I mean, this is a number of years ago. It was. It was like pretty soon out of. It was like my first time getting professional gigs as like a sub for other people. You know, yeah. like working with other musicians. So right. I didn't have a whole lot of like solo material. I had like band material. Right. right. So I, it was just like a random picture of me. But I also had an Android, and it ruined my life, man. Like I would just send try to like email pictures that looked great on my phone and uh. then people would be like this is terrible quality <laughs> be like damn it i swear like this was taken professionally like wow so yeah that so you remember that moment oh i never forget it i best believe i got really good pictures after that so thank you for that brian <laughs> i'm such a dick damn no well it, no it was yeah. good you it was- scared into professionalism <laughs> is not a bad way to be, you know? That's that's kind of how it always happens. <laughs> oh, my God. I can't believe it. Why did I take that gig so seriously? I have no idea. Um, tell me about um, what's what's the, what's the upcoming uh, with Palo Brea. And then I want to rap about something simpler. Yeah. Something simpler. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, I've never talked about that. Um, yeah, Palo Brea. We have our album coming out. Hopefully, hopefully. I'm thinking... Now, late March. Okay. Um, Great. So, yeah, it's not far away. Yeah. <laughs> um, we've got a lot to do, but, well, not as far as, like, sonically. It's getting really close. Mm-hmm. Um, we're going to do a music video, which I'm super excited about. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think we're almost done. We're just, like, trying to decide if we're going to throw one more song on there, but mm-hmm. and then we're going to do, you know, an album release. I was just going to ask, stuff. like, what, what's your plan for the for the release? We've been discussing back and forth what venue. We kind of want to do it at Rhythm Room. So we think it would be very fun. (laughs) Just to like pack the Rhythm Room Mm -hmm. and have it be just like a big party. But um, we'll see. We're we're in between a couple of venues, but we're pretty sure the dates, you know, we're starting to talk to venues about that. That's exciting. (laughs) Yeah, I'm excited. And I'm just kind of excited to finally have... (laughs) merch right and like all of the things that people have been asking for you know right um having those other like revenues to like pay for you know if you have to travel as a band it's kind of nice so Mm -hmm. um do you have any tour plans no tour plans we talked about it a lot it's just kind of tough with uh potential nashville summer Mm. plus i mean we talked about all of this. Mm. We we were like on our way to these things and then COVID hit, right? right? And then everything kind of fell apart and Daniel, you know, had to move home and that was kind of crazy. So right. um, we had a couple bumps in the road, but we're back on track now. Nice. That's exciting. <laughs> and hopefully, you know, maybe next year or this year. This well, year. next yeah. fall. Okay. Um, potential Do some time for a tour. Even if it's something small, just to like... Just to get out there, yeah. Travel a little bit. You're mm-hmm. you're very well versed in the traveling. I should talk to you about that. You should do a whole podcast on that. <laughs> Let's go. What do you want to know? <laughs> I mean, everything. We can't. We can't. We couldn't possibly right now. <laughs> well, it, it is. It has become a a, a, a much larger um, part of my life, and um, 
I mean, it took a number of years uh, of, of shitty tours yeah. um, to get to where we are now. Yeah. Professional pictures, right? Yeah. Well, <laughs> it all starts with, a, with not having an Android. I think uh, that's like the, that's the first step of becoming a I professional I just got touring. an iPhone like two months ago, so I'm on my way. <laughs> um, yeah, no. Yeah. Early tours are... Just as you would suspect, uh, you know, uh, shitty hotels, shitty venues, not a lot of money. Um, And then, you know, just like anything else, um, it it improves and you figure out better ways to do it and you're smarter about it. And and anyway, add that to the level to just the the skill toolbox. Right. Yeah. Right. The music world. Um, So that's exciting. Got a new record coming out with Palo Brea. you mentioned uh, COVID. How did you stay creative, um, productive um, during that time? Because I'm assuming that your work uh, kind of dried up just like everybody else's. Yeah, it did dry up. It came back a little bit sooner than others, I think, because the steakhouse mm-hmm. gigs came back like before they maybe even should have. Sure. Yeah, right. <laughs> um, it was a little scary, and I did get COVID, so yeah. there you go. Um, but... It was honestly kind of nice in a lot of ways. Well, a lot of things happened, right? Like breakup. I had a breakup. Um, that basically always makes me creative. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, kind of being like alone in my house to think about it. I was like, we got to write some stuff to get this out get of out. the body. Yeah. Um, so that was definitely part of it. But just having all that time, I really did learn a lot during that time about like tiny production of my, of like, song concepts Mm. to give people a good idea of like what I mean Mm because I'm not great at like expressing verbally what I want (laughs) oh you mean like in a in in a in a recording session yeah in a recording session or like in a songwriting session got you um so finding ways to record it myself and then be Mm. like this is this is the thing yeah yeah yeah, sort of right a little more I ended up getting I think during COVID I ended up getting a looper which was just like inspiring in so many ways. Yeah. I actually had a session with Holly oh, cool. for yeah. her to teach me some things because yeah. she's the looping queen. She is the looping queen. Yeah. Um, so that was really fun and kind of helped me. It's a really great tool for writing for me too. Oh yeah, for I'll sure. Just, like loop chord progressions and write a whole section and loop the next progressions and write, you know, yeah. the chorus. and Right. Um, so it was really good. It was like a huge time for like my own musicianship alone because mm-hmm. i was alone most of the time right right um and i am kind of grateful for it were you you were did you have a similar schedule kind of pre-covid so that as you say it was kind of a break you were you working at a clip like you were very busy before so busy yeah so busy and also just like kind of running ourselves into the ground as far as like really trying to do band stuff, which was cool though. Cause like, you know, venues were paying attention to us a little bit. There was some momentum, light mm-hmm. momentum, mm-hmm. Phoenix momentum, but it yeah. was, it was like, it was good stuff. Yeah. Um, and then that kind of, you know, that all went away immediately. Right. But I don't know. It was still a good time. <laughs> so yeah, you can look back and see some silver lining for sure. Yeah. I mean, I'm like, I like like hiding in my house. Mm-hmm. I'm more of like, well, kind of introverted. Um, introverted extrovert or the other way around whatever that means but so it was kind of nice to just be able to chill and hike and then like write songs (laughs) yeah yeah 
so yeah. and so you were able to remain productive yeah i would say i was pretty productive yeah i kind of like is it it's kind of all a blur oh, yeah <laughs> like it's just weird because we were doing the same thing every day and like with music you're never doing the same thing every day so right. but i believe i a lot of good stuff was churned out <laughs> that's awesome <laughs> yeah did you did you start writing for your own project during that time like what is the evolution of your kind of solo material um i so i've always written for myself in general i always have had this like little folky thing that i do on for my own brain mm. i mean never really out loud except that one gig when i was 16 um that was a folky style gig um but yeah i just started to kind of like care about it a little more and be mm. like you know i had all this time to myself i was like i might as well just like really try to polish some of these songs off mm. and produce them you know and devin my devin cortuller cortulo awesome product production guy um good friend of mine he was like your voice you know he he has been really supportive it's yeah. just like you gotta you know you can do your own thing too like you're writing songs all over the place you should have somewhere to put them you might as well put them out like why not right you know so right. i've decided to finally put yeah. a couple of them out that's exciting does everybody like in in palabrea what is who writes the songs or, or is it super collaborative or do people bring in a, a finished song and then everyone fills around it or how, how does that process work for you guys it's kind of different every time which is pretty fun mm -hmm. it's like a different challenge mm -hmm. um each song sometimes we'll just be jamming together and then decide that it's good enough to start making it an actual song. Mm -hmm. I'll start to like write lyrics over whatever they're doing. Um, sometimes that happens. Sometimes I bring in a full song. Sometimes Owen, Owen Ma, killing it by yeah. the way. Shout out to Shout Owen out. for yeah. our entire album. Yeah. It's gonna, it sounds great. Um, he'll bring in like an idea or he'll like have a production idea and it's really well thought out mm -hmm. because he's so good mm -hmm. at, um, Ableton. Yeah. Um, and then we'll write over that. So there's definitely, it's different every time. Yeah. It's cool. That's awesome. Yeah. Does writing a song that you know is just for you or for your solo project, as far as co-writing collaboration versus writing for your own thing, is there, how would you kind of weigh those things? Does that make any sense? Hmm. Like how are they different? No, I guess, I guess, yes, how they're, how they're different and are there different approaches to, to those mm. things? I Definitely. I mean, with solo writing, it's all your own. I mean, on the one hand, it's like entirely yours. You have full creative control. Right. On the other hand, you're like, is this good? Right. <laughs> Nobody, right. like in the writing process, you start to get married to something and maybe then you, when you're finally ready to show it to people, they're like, you know, it's right. not <laughs> right, right, right. as good as it could have been. So I actually prefer collaboration in that sense. That's mm -hmm. why I'm like truly terrified to play my solo stuff. Wait, why? Like live for people. I just, just so vulnerable for me. Yeah. Like at least with the band, there's so much, you know, right. it's my lyrics and I care about it. And if people want to ask me about lyrics, I'm like, yes, thank you for listening. That's awesome. Um, or relating. That's amazing. But I'm also, you know, listen to this like killing key part or like right. these killing drums, killing bass. Yeah. It's just a little 
safer. Yeah. It's like a little hug. Yeah. Yeah. A little sonic hug. <laughs> a little sonic hug. <laughs> so that's nice. And writing with them is fun. Sometimes I'm like, I have to hold my tongue. You know, that's how all creative sure. collaboration goes. Sometimes right. you got to be like, okay, I'm, I'll, I, you know, and sometimes also I'm not great at communication. Mm-hmm. So I'll just be like, I just didn't like that. I don't know why. <laughs> right, right. They're like, okay, can you, <laughs> like, that's not good enough. But, right. um, but it's very worth it. Cause we always end up coming up. I mean, when we have everybody together, Connor's going to throw in some like weird time signatures. Like it's going to mm-hmm. stay interesting and, mm-hmm. it, and you can, I can hear us all in it mm-hmm. and it feels mm-hmm. nice. Yeah. It feels right for Pellebrea to have everybody doing their part. Yeah. So it's good. Let it sway in the wind Take it out of my hands Is that taste its own shape Without my two cents Let the fork in the river Make my decisions Let's rap about something simpler. Yeah. Sounds great, by the way. Thank you. And I had no idea that you're playing the acoustic guitar. Yes, I am. I was, that was the, I, well, not only, I, I thought the playing was great, but it just sounded really good. Like it, it was, it's a well-recorded acoustic guitar, which isn't always the case. You know? yeah. yeah. You don't know what's crazy? What is crazy? That was me recording with my condenser in my closet. Yeah. Devin Cortulo is amazing he's, he's at what he does. Yeah. He's a wizard. Yeah. Um, so yeah, sounds great. Thank you so much. How did that song come about? Um, I was writing that in Seattle at a, like around a campfire with mm-hmm. a buddy of mine. We were just on this like big old nature trip and I had started it like Christmas of two years ago. Well, um, started playing it for my little niece, my little baby niece just started to like make up words and she was so into it. Um, and then I got really excited about it. Um, I'm like a big nature person. I love trees dearly. I have one tattooed on me. Um, and it's basically just about being sick of like the ego, (laughs) just being like, I just want to like hang out in nature and like not think about myself ever again, you know? (laughs) Um, so that concept just kept hitting me. Every time I'm in nature, it hits me like that. I'm like, I just don't want to, I just want to like look out forever. That's mm-hmm. a line in the song mm-hmm. and not be so like focused inward. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And it just felt right. It felt like doing that picking pattern. I mean, that's like also like I'm kind of a one trick pony on guitar. <laughs> it's like <laughs> the one thing I do. Um, but that just felt right. Like sitting around a campfire and I was like, we're going to write this song. A couple yeah. beers. Love Let's it. do it. Yeah. Yeah. And what's the plan for the release of that music? There's that's less of a plan. I honestly think I'm just gonna do it with no lead up. What do you mean? <laughs> like I'm not gonna be like, hey, I mean I'll I'll let people know like on my social media, but I'm not gonna like 
you know, do the like 30 days countdown. <laughs> Cause like, it just, I'm just, I don't even know. I don't even care if anybody listens to it. I just like, it's time for me to just put something out and just like, see how it goes. I am going to try to work on like playlist stuff. What does that mean? Like Spotify playlists oh, get, and like get the tunes on the list. Yeah. On, yeah. I mean, I want to do that for Pelabrea too. Mm-hmm. I just learned more about that recently. Yeah. So more focused on that and less like the people around me hearing it. Like I'm never going to play it live until there's a reason to. Okay. <laughs> if people like it, sure. But yeah. Um, and who else is on that track? You mentioned Max. Naus. Yes. Max Naus, killing so great. Um, he's playing guitar on, I'm, I'm going to probably release three. He's playing guitar on two of them and I'll probably ask him about the third one too. <laughs> Max, <laughs> will you do that please? Um, so he's on it and then it's mostly, it's me and Devin kind of creating stuff, like mostly like MIDI stuff in the, in the studio. Mm-hmm. I might have Owen do bass, mm-hmm. might have Bailey Zick play some um, pedal steel. Mm. So it's all, you know. Yeah. I love it's it. coming together slowly because yeah, yeah, yeah. it's just like, you know, it's on the back of my mind, not so much the front of my mind, but right. But I love it dearly and I'm really excited about it. So yeah. hopefully that'll probably come out almost around when our album's coming out. So, really? Yeah. And do, are you going to, you know, press, you'll, 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 you'll do CDs and, and but, you, probably, but you're not going to do like a, like a big release party or something? Not for my solo stuff. No, I probably won't even press. Not. Oh, really? I really just wanted like, it's kind of like dropping random singles. Mm-hmm. Just, this is just a start. Like I really do want, I can feel like more solo stuff coming mm-hmm. in my future and then I'll like be a little more serious about it. But I just want to get something out there right now. Mm-hmm. So just like a digital release. Yeah. Just a digital release. Yeah. For now. Yeah. If people want me to play it at some venue in town. Cool. And how would you do that? Would you play guitar on that? I'd probably play guitar, but I need like a lot of help. <laughs> you got to put a band together. Yeah. Right. Um, but luckily, hey, you know, you know, a couple people. I do <laughs> want to play some guitar on something. <laughs> right. Yeah, sure. You're yeah. not busy at all, right? No, I no, I'm not. Honestly, <laughs> I'm not busy. <laughs> well, yeah. I mean, it's kind of. <clears throat> yeah, you would kill that. Actually, <laughs> it's your. Let's talk. Okay, sweet. <laughs> This was uh, a business meeting all along. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, you mentioned Joni Mitchell as a as an inspiration. Are there other uh, singers that, like, kind of contemporary singers that inspire you? Yeah. I listen to, like, oh, man, all over the place. I love, like, like the pop R&B riffing kind of stuff. So I, like, I love PJ Morton, if you know who that is. I don't amazing r&b artist he can riff for days and it's days, it's really days. amazing um love him her mm-hmm. um she's awesome frank ocean love his stuff he's like one of the most creative minds hmm. i think within that so that's where like the r&b kind of like soul stuff that like palabrea that's where that okay. comes in got you um all of the all of my like solo folk stuff it really does come from like the 70s and right. 60s it's not you can i don't t- listen to a whole lot of artists like that now but you, you can totally hear that influence you know yeah. that there's a a sonic quality obviously instrumentation but you can you can hear the joni and you yeah. know that that that, <gasps> that kind of like i'm gonna cry <laughs> <laughs> that'll be a first for the podcast <laughs> someone crying 
Yeah, that's awesome. I don't know. I don't know um, a lot of the the artists that you just described. I don't yeah. know much of their material, but it it trends more towards like an R and B thing. Yeah, that's more like those are the just my two loves, you mm-hmm. know. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, that's more R and B stuff. You know, like even like Alicia Keys. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, Sarah Bareilles was huge for me growing mm-hmm. up. It was like her biggest phase. It was like mm-hmm. right smack dab in my formative songwriting years. Yeah. Um, so just, you know, her playing and singing. So that was, I was like, I want to do that. Mm-hmm. Um, and she's kind of both. I mean, she's got influences on either side. So, you know, Nora Jones mm-hmm. killing yeah. all the, like that, like breathy tone mixed with those, like intense control, mm-hmm. having those things together. And that's what I love about Joni. Mm-hmm. It's less breathy, but that control, mm. It, it really does come down to that as far as vocalists go for me. I'm like, oh my God, that's an instrument. Like when mm-hmm. a vocalist, when you can look at a vocalist and be like, this is your instrument mm-hmm. and you're using it as an instrument, I find that incredibly impressive. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Do you see yourself um, ever going back to kind of like a more classical or, or like opera thing? Do you see yourself doing that ever? <laughs> no. No, that was um, just to get, that was just to get your technique down. That was very helpful. Yeah. I'm so glad that I was forced upon me yeah. um, because it helped me be healthy and it helped me learn mm-hmm. control. Like mm-hmm. that shit takes a lot of breath, learning how to control the amount of breath. Like if you're singing with breath, you know, that right. like breathy, jazzier tone, Right. Um, being able to control that. Mm-hmm. Like, cause controlling when you have that much air coming through right. is like kind of crazy. Right. So to being able to do those things together, like I needed, I needed that yeah. classical training. Would I ever want to sing like that? Only like in the shower <laughs> at this point. <laughs> Sometimes I sing theater around the house too. Yeah. Just annoy my dog. But Are you into like the Broadway thing? I, I appreciate it. Yeah. I love theater people. <laughs> yeah. I love them. Just their entertaining energy. Um, but I didn't do a whole lot of it because I can't act for shit. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Which is funny. I wonder if it'd be different now that yeah. I have honed some of those <laughs> yeah. those performance skills over the years. But Right, right. Um Yeah. I did like one musical growing mm-hmm. up. Mm-hmm. Not a huge I appreciate it as an art form, but yeah. it's not my art form. <laughs> right, right. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Do you like it? I'm with you. I think yeah. I, I like it over there. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I, I like it to be over there. I love that. That's a great way to say something. Um, no, I I respect. I totally respect it. Um, as as you say, um, that style of singing maybe ne- isn't necessarily my thing, but um, that control and and technically speaking, it's super impressive to me. Yeah, um, I, yeah, it's 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 not necessarily my my bag, but. Um, I, I like I I respect it. I guess yeah, you know totally. Yeah. You if you don't as you're a singer, like a, you you you're crazy. Yeah, totally, yeah. totally. But you're like a you have a great voice, and it's like a lyrics forward thing, hmm. which feels very like 60s, 70s to me. Well, yeah, I, I think which is great. We I, a lot of that music was in my house growing yeah. up. You know, so the James Taylors and, yeah, and the Simon and Garfunkel and yeah. I am a rock. I I think that. Every day of my life, I sing that to myself. No shit. I have my books and my poetry to protect me. <laughs> that fits so well. Yeah. My... <laughs> I just, I just, wow. That I song love that. gets you. It gets. It gets me. 
It's embarrassing to say out loud. It's true though. <laughs> yeah, that 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 was the stuff that that I was that I was like, this is it, you know. Um it's interesting that you say it's kind of lyric forward, um, because I I I don't necessarily consider myself a, a, a lyricist. Okay. You know. But, but you can hear all the words coming <clears throat> through and it like I can feel them when you sing them. Hmm. All right. And you're, oh, you're like, well, well cool. Let's, all right, let's keep, <laughs> let's keep talking about this. <laughs> but it's just nice to be able to hear the words because right. it's not necessarily, you know, there's a right. lot of slurry stuff, including with what, what I do a lot of time right. <laughs> with, with band stuff. There's a lot of like ooey gooey stuff going on in the right. world now. So it's nice to be able to hear what's going on. Yeah. That's something that I remember my parents um, saying often to me in early bands that I was in that they would always say, well, we don't understand what you're saying. You know? mm-hmm. And it wasn't until uh, I started the band, uh, the sweet remains where yeah. they're like, Oh, we can finally hear the lyric. And I, and I wonder it was probably a function of a couple things of my technique with singing. Um, but also that style of music is, is as you say, it's like vocal forward. It's, yeah. th- it's three part harmony driven yeah. music. Oh. So you have to, nail that shit you yeah. know and you also all three have to kind of enunciate in the same way you have to right. get on the same page you that know? blend is so important yeah that's awesome <clears throat> but that's funny that you say that i can <laughs> I, my mom will be happy to hear that, that yeah. you understand the lyrics mom he enunciates <laughs> he's doing great <laughs> <laughs> um well um thank you for your time thanks for coming over yeah i know you're uh, very busy yeah. Um, but I'm glad I could, I could, uh, have you for a couple hours and, um, I was looking forward to chatting about, uh, your band and your, and your great solo work. And, and I'm just, um, continually, uh, impressed with your, um, with your work ethic. I mean, that's, that's huge. And I'm really excited about, about the new music that's coming out and, and glad to hear that, um, you're kind of in a creative spot, you know, yeah. coming out of a, of a shitty couple years that that you're still focused and and pursuing this thing yeah and you're out there just crushing it hey thank you so much thank you for having me and your photos uh are great (laughs) i learned from the best (laughs) (laughs) really really good i just i needed to tell you thank you so much i needed that (laughs) i needed that (laughs) (laughs) thanks for coming i'm sure i will see you soon thanks cheers 